Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Making a lineup for DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Just draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 27, and I have to start this podcast by asking, Andy, how tall are you? Uh, with, uh, on a good day, I'm a little over six foot. I'm six and change. Okay, well, that's good, because you're tall enough to ride the roller coaster, okay? And we are on that roller coaster, and it is amazing how many ups and downs there are and all arounds as the New York Rangers drop two straight games to the Pittsburgh Penguins and you know I, I sort of have to blame ourselves for the loss I don't know if I could really you know blame anyone else or just you know point fingers at anybody else because you and I were on a streak well actually you were on a streak where you would give a prediction of the two games or an expectation of the two games uh that the Rangers were facing or the one game and you were like on a hot streak where what you were saying was starting to happen. And we didn't do that on the last one. And as we ended the podcast, I actually thought in my head, I should have had Andy, you know, predict what he wanted out of the two games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we didn't do that. So uh, I kind of, you know, shame on us, but you know, I, again, I do have to start this podcast with asking you, how are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm somber after uh, we are recording this in moments after the Rangers dropped their second straight to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They still have yet to beat them this season. And I think that just the realization sets in, you know, still without Panarin, about really how much of an aberration last year was between Panarin and and, uh, Mika Zibanejad's, you know, hot year. Um, Because with even with some of their young talent taking that next step forward, there's still a lot of things that this team needs to figure out and learn, and it's learning on the fly. And I mean, you know, I guess silver lining is that I did, you did get to see them start to figure some things out in these two games, but just I thought back-to-back games where they weren't sharp, they weren't heavy enough on their sticks. I'm sure some of the young guys are starting to hit that lull after, uh, you know, 
whether it's Keandre, who's in probably his roughest stretch of the year. I think uh, other teams are planning against him and knows that, you know, he's he's uh, has trouble pivoting right now with his skating. You know, he's getting turned and styled left and right. Um, he's really, yeah, he's biting a little too much to step up, so they're kind of faking and then pulling around him, and he's really having trouble with it. And, yeah, I just think all of a sudden he's not those you know rookie nerves of coming in and just being able to like just moving your feet all of a sudden yeah he's just a little too much puck watching for most of this team I'll say you know I mean the one good thing about these last two games I thought Zibanejad looked the most dangerous he looked all season but it's still this team on paper without Panarin is not good enough uh you know (laughs) Jack Johnson is not good enough to be on this team uh if Kandre Miller's having his worst stretch of hockey this year and you get Truba who comes back a little early, still nursing a little bit of a sore hand, that's not going to be good enough. Fox uh, Lindergren, if you're going to play him into the ground, it's going to be tough. And, you know, Fox might have quit himself nicely, but Lindegren, uh is going to have trouble at times. And yeah, and uh, they get once again, David Quinn sits the wrong person. He sits uh, Lemieux instead of Howden, who's just offense dies on this kid's stick. So it's just not, you know, unfortunately, this team is just a little still too young. And they're, you know, they're just the things that are automatic for, you know, veteran teams like the Penguins who just have confidence. They don't have to, they know when to apply, they know where their outlets are, they know how to find each other. And yeah, the Rangers just can't. They have games where things are working out you know they're all given effort because they feel good and efforts going for them but then there's other games where they can't corral passes and they feel all feel like they have time no time and space and they're catching all their uh passes off the board in their own zone to try to break out with their backs up the boards and it's just one of those games again and it's just it's a yeah a somber realization that this season is probably this was probably the the final nail in the coffin for their season i don't think they can if they were going to go on a run they had to at least get two points out of the stretch and to get none and just look the way they did it's just yeah i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna call it that's probably it yeah you know and we pretty much said that this you know these this two game swing was going to be the most important and uh now the rangers put themselves i believe eight points out of um uh yeah out eight points out of Eight, seven or six yeah eight points out of a playoff spot uh they do have a game in hand and you know they can't afford to tie pittsburgh because pittsburgh has absolutely whooped them uh this entire season so yeah it's uh it's not looking good but you know we do have so many question marks right now and it's like i feel like we've kind of just thrown together this lineup and expected to compete and you know, that lineup can get away with games against New Jersey and games against Buffalo, but you throw real competition and, you know, you can, you know, Kreider goes back into the basement. Um, you know, Miga got, you know, a goal last game, but that doesn't really, um, you know, that doesn't really spark him to to go on the tears that we're used to seeing. Panarin is skating with the team, but still listed day to day. So he's probably never going to come back. And, you know, this is what happens, you know, our, our, you know, our big signing of our, you know, defenseman Truba, he's just the shell until hopefully gets into the playoffs and he's a playoff performer and and can play that gritty, you know, game that, that teams like to play and, and muck it up in the corners and, but he's worthless during the regular season. And, you know, the guys that usually step up like Blackwell, if he's not going to score, we're not going to win. And, you know, it's it's great to have effort guys like Di Giuseppe. And but, you know, Rangers right now are really dependent on on those type of guys to to elevate their game. Otherwise, because you're really not getting it anywhere else. You know, um, you know, I, I would say Strom, you know, has had an easier time finding the back of the net this year and and touche for him to prove that he can play without Panarin but you know that's not enough and you know you look up and down this lineup and it's like who's going to be the difference maker this night and you really don't have confidence in anybody you know you'd love to say that Lafreniere and Kako are those guys but they're not those guys yet you know and you know even though Kako's game has improved you know tremendously from last year it's not 
it's not at a point where he takes over games and he's the difference maker. And, you know, you saw that last year from Panarin and, and Mika, right? And they were able to steal games. And, you know, our goaltending was a little bit more solid. And, you know, the three-headed monster doesn't really seem that bad anymore when the three-headed monster now, instead of Lundqvist, you have Kincaid. And, you know, it just, there's a question mark at every single aspect of our of our roster and our coaching and Rangers don't have an identity right now. They don't have a coaching style. They don't have uh, leadership. And, you know, it's great that the Rangers are able to, you know, you know, put the puck in the net against New Jersey and, and beat Buffalo. But, but that those games don't really matter at the end of the day, if you can't beat the true competition in this division and like, you know, going into the season, you knew, Andy, we all knew that this was going to be the, one of the toughest divisions in hockey, if not the toughest. And the Rangers are failing and they're failing miserably. And this this back to back losses is unacceptable. And, you know, for a team that expecting to compete and, and be a part of, you know, that discussion of who's going to get that final playoff spot. And and Andy, like. I know we say this and, and this is part of the roller coaster where last podcast I seemed upbeat. It's just like once I feel like we get going, it's a screeching halt. It's like it's like traffic, right? Where there's like a little break in it and you kind of speed up and, and you're on the highway and you, and you get to 30 and you're like, oh, finally, it's over. And then it slows right back down again. It's like that's what I feel like this whole season has been. And I don't have the answers, Andy. And, you know, I'm kind of hoping that you could. It doesn't sound like you're 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 on the ledge right now, too, with me. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know. So, you know, give, give me, you know, where do we go from here? You know, like, I guess that's where we need to start. Where do we go from here? So I guess it's at this point, as a Rangers fan, I am evaluating two things. Because I think winning, you know, any semblance of making the playoffs or like a miracle run is basically you're looking towards the future, right? So, uh, or maybe I should say three things. The first I say is you look at construction of the roster who is going to be with this term team long term and you know i i've harped on how i've given up on howden at this point uh jack johnson um truba like it or not that contract means he's going to be here you do wonder if you know especially with the way things are going in by in buffalo if players like Buchnevich will still be here if they'll be somehow um, parted with in order to land a, or even if it's not Eichel, even if it's just the Rangers are like, we just need another middle six center who can just hold things down. Cause I mean, you know, I love what Heedle's becoming as a play driver, but yeah, I just feel like their biggest problem, I think, right now, and I think it's why it's costing them a lot of games, is really it's just they have too many young guys and it's just things like decision making and situational play. They just, that's really where they're the weakest. You know, they just, there's a lot of unsureness that at times it leads to standing around. And if they don't, if they're not, you know, it's not one of those days where they all just kind of woke, wake up and feel good and motivated. Uh, then it's a problem because there's a lot of puck watching and standing around. Is he going to get it? And especially the rookies. And it's, you know, they're kind of looking to their line mates to see kind of how much pressure to apply. And that's just not going to do it. So, I mean, another thing is obviously then you're looking at development. Can the more ice time Kako gets, you know, and we're finally seeing him hold on to the puck more in the zone and dictate play. So that's great because that looks like the Kako we saw in those highlight clips, you know, from his time in Finland and the world championships. But it hasn't really equated to him finishing because I think he's still now he's figuring out, oh, I, here's how I can create time and space for myself. And he's faster on the puck. and That's great. But he still is having trouble finishing. And I don't know if that comes this season, which is still frustrating. But again, we have to remind ourselves that like just like Kako and Hughes and all these guys don't come they're not going to be like a Matthews or a McDavid or Eichel and just come and just be a 50 point dominant finisher from the the drop of the hat it's going to take time so last season he you know he was behind the eight ball a bit this season he's looking on it he's just kind of figuring out how to play a off the puck defensively which he's been much better at and you know and b now learn how to be heavy on the puck create that time and space he's used to and the offensive zone and then finish you know Lafreniere is getting better and better he's definitely 
offensively, I've noticed more hustle from him, which is good and more trying to, but there's still too many moments where he's a little too soft on the puck, you know, but he's gotten better. And that's just kind of part of learning in season, which is tough, you know, for anyone, especially a 19 year old. Same thing with Miller, who's having a rough stretch. I mean, as the season wears on, and like I said, you kind of lose that initial rookie burst that you kind of get out of the gate of adrenaline and just trying to do things quickly. Yeah, now that he feels a little bit more settled in, he's kind of finding himself getting turnstile a little too much, a little too passive. But you still see the flashes of him putting things together, especially the confidence. For better or worse, he's confident. You know, I'd say sometimes to his detriment, but at the same time, it's like one of those things that you you have to live with in order if we want to get the most out of the player. And then I'm sorry, I know this is a long way. I'll wrap it up. No, 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 no. I I wanted one point for Miller, and and I'll let you continue. Is you know, un- unfortunately for him, he he's can't be hidden in this lineup. Like, he's expected to basically be our third best defenseman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has a great point. And you know what? Again, I think it's it's going to mean we're going to see a lot more rough patches out of him. But at the same time, a part of me wonders, I don't know if he's a guy you can really shelter to if you, you want him to get where he's going. Because I think his biggest problem is, like we said, it's that it's you don't want him sheltered to a point. You know, I think we saw that a little bit with Brady Shea, where he was sheltered a bit, and then when it was time for him to be the man, it really exposed some of the shortcomings in his game, which is his decision making. And because you know, great skater Brady Shea, but a little too soft on pucks in his own end, and and can get tunnel vision, and that totally got exposed the second they were like, "Oh wow, he's going to take over for McDonough," and it didn't happen. You know what I mean? So I think with Miller early he needs to and i even saw throughout this penguins game early on he was getting you know the last you know for that i'd say the better part of both those games the penguins players were easily getting behind him turn styling him you know but i think as the game went on especially that second game he kind of realized all right like i have to gap up sooner or i have to give them more because i'm trying to jump up on them and then they're stepping around me making them look stupid then i'm like coming trailing them trying to wing a stick at them so i think he even figured that out so you want to see development, but I think the biggest thing is Quinn is the one guy I think I'm evaluating more than anyone on this team because I understand you're without Panarin and maybe if they have Panarin, some of their fates are different, but if not having one player, even if it's your best player, is like the difference between, you know, (laughs) uh, being in it and just totally being out of it and just not able to compete, you know, consistently, then you're not really that close anyway. And I just, I just think that the one that some of my, you know, I Quinn, I think gets a lot of, I don't want to say unfair criticism. I mean, he, I think he, he gets the criticism he gets is probably mostly not a lot of it's not his fault, but at the same time, I, I don't hear much about the criticism. I do think that's warranted for him because I do actually think i've seen you know what lafreniere and kako has been getting good ice time and yet yeah, it's, it's, you know maybe it's players are out so it makes it easier but at the same time it's like guys are you know i do like the fact that guys don't spend too much time you know scratch i think quinn has done a good job at least you know he'll never scratch brett howden but at least for the most part it's like guys are cycling in so it's not like one guy is just sitting there waiting for his chance uh but at the same time i do want to know why do does every other team in the league seem to have easy outlets or at least know where their teammates are in the offensive zone or have some semblance of a system to create more than one shot on net where the Rangers are constantly a one and done team and they have to run around and apply so much physical exertion and pressure their whatever system they're playing it just doesn't do them any favors i think it doesn't suit them it doesn't make life easier for them and that comes down to Quinn being an X's and O's guy. Why did they take, you know, they didn't this game, Pittsburgh did, but why does he lead the league in bench minors? You know, why, like, it's just these type of things, you know, he should be developing too. And why are, you know, I, I'm ha- very happy that their defense is better this season, but, you know, it's really come at the expense of some offense. So what's going to happen? They're going to find, maybe next year they find a better middle ground, but then they're not good defensively anymore, or they're only just okay. And they're still going to expect their, you know, so it, it, that's, I think, the biggest thing for me is that this, the rest of the season, for the person I'm watching the, the most is Quinn. His, you know, whether it be lineup decisions, how the team is showing up prepared because they really needed to come out in this one. And out of, out of the gate, Pittsburgh felt confident and really just put the pedal down on them. And then they, they 
kind of shrunk back again. And it took them to the third period to fight after they give up a soft, uh, you know, a soft <laughs> shorthanded goal. You know, again, another miscue, like, oh, who's going to get them? And yeah, they're behind the eight ball. That should have been a tie game if it was, if it went, at least if they had played somewhat. And that's with the, you know, the bad luck goal that um, Lindegren's stick explodes. Jack Johnson can't clear a puck and it ramps up his stick and into uh, over Kincaid. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. It's just what I just think for me, the biggest thing is that going forward is that are they learning from their mistakes? Are they are, are they earning these things out or is this just going to be persistent because you just don't see the coaching staff doing a good job instilling? And we've already seen a, lot, a couple of coaches change, you know, change uh, benches this year. So I don't think Quinn would get changed in season. But at the same time, I think it'd be foolish to think at this point that there's not a little bit of disappointment from the Rangers brass and they might not, they might be angling to see, you know, what if Quinn is going to be here beyond the season. Yeah. And listen, as a head coach in the national hockey league, you know, injuries happen and you see constantly that, you know, injuries happen to, you know, stars. I mean, how many times has, has Pittsburgh been without Crosby, you know, uh, you know, uh, Boston in the beginning of the season, they had their injuries, you know, uh, Bergeron didn't start the season right away. Right. I think Marshawn came in hurt. Uh, Pasternak didn't play every game. Like injuries happen. I mean, Philadelphia, you know, was riddled with COVID, you know, they were still, you know, were kind of able to, you know, write the ship a little bit, you know, things happen. And, you know, um, I mean, shit, look what the adversity that New Jersey had to go to go through uh you know a couple of weeks ago with covid and and, and some injuries uh you know with uh, nico missing the first you know a bit of the year you know you can't sit here and say well you know quinn doesn't have you know panarin what is he supposed to do look at quinn's roster which is why you need an identity you need to be able to coach these players in a way that suits them and to be competitive and you know i said at the beginning of the season you know one of the things i was very much interested in is how these coaches handle playing the same teams night in and night out. And, you know, were they going to do different things for different opponents? And the one thing I've seen with the Rangers is that they come out and they play the same exact way against every single team. There is no adjustments made for their opponents. And which is why you see their style of play be a little bit more successful against I think the weaker teams especially the teams that have I think weaker overall defense and Pittsburgh should be one of those teams but they just almost seem just to have you know they have the Rangers number but you know and it's it's super frustrating because I know the roster is not great right and you know I know there are question marks up and down the entire roster from defense to goaltending to you know the you know forward depth but that does not mean that you just collapse constantly like how many blown leads like why do we score the first goal of the game and then you know we're not going to maintain that lead you know at all like we never score the second one like why don't we ever score in bunches why don't we score ever three goals in a row you know Kreider did it you know the uh the other game but it's like we're never on the winning side you know we're never on that like like that comeback that, you know, the two goal comeback in the last 10 minutes of the game. We're never part of that. We don't have that. We're not, yeah. we're not built like that. And it, I don't know if that's a culture thing, but we, we have, that's not part of our DNA. That is not part of our makeup right now. Oh, definitely not. And you know, it was at times last season and especially I feel like the, be it, you know, the, the Stanley cup final run and then the, the president's trophy year after the Rangers were full of that. If they were down, they, how many comebacks, they have I, I remember numerous ones you know the minnesota one was a big one the one versus columbus uh yeah it's just it's like you said it's just i think it's partially that's not who they are right now uh they can maybe get there but at the same time it's just you know you look at the guys who are supposed to be pulling the rope and like you said Kreider. You know, Mika finally looks dangerous and Kreider says okay i'm gonna go back to literally winging pucks into the corner for no reason or like trying to use my speed and maybe I get there first, but then I'm like, I have no vision to speak of. So unless I'm tipping pucks in front of the net or just skating fast into the net, it's going to lead to, to, you know, fuck all. And that's what happened, you know, right. Strom, 
you know, and, and Strom's trying to create, but if, again, if Kreider's not doing those things and you have, he's your winger and you're trying to do the Ryan Strom catch and shoot and pass the puck to the corner to a guy with good vision thing that he's used to in Panarin and it's Kreider, it's not going to work. And you know what? Who, the only positive in this stretch is Julian Gauthier. He's been great. You know, he's been putting up, slowly putting up points in games defensively. He's, he's been good. He's definitely, you know, you would hope that when this team is at their full maturity, he is a, you know, he's a, a bottom six mainstay for them because when he uses his his size and speed, especially, you know, he's been playing a lot more directly. And I uh, that I will give Quinn credit for. And th- I think those are, you know, I, I think the problem is, unfortunately, that it's like, you know, Quinn can do a good job of getting the young effort guys to be like, all right, yeah, put in put an effort and do this and you'll get success is great. But at the same time, you have, Guys are also skilled, you know, is he telling, is he helping uh, a guy like Philip Heedle who developed more time and space for himself or little things he can do or things to make his life easier? Or is he just telling him, you know, keep, continue to skate hard, you know, get pucks in deep and, and grind it, grind it out, use your body. You know, I understand, yes, you have to work in the National Hockey League, but that it's like you have to teach players they have to work, but at the same time, you also have to t- teach them the, the funny thing is the harder other teams work it makes it look easier for them whereas the harder the rangers work it looks like they're working real hard and yeah they might be getting ahead but it looks like they're literally having to kill themselves to do it because it's like there's not a lot in there in the terms of their system to make things easier for them whether it's breaking out the puck one of these things that it's like that same guy on the half wall and and you know you're it's naturally spaced so of course someone's going to bear down on him and it's never you know and you know there's it's it always gets picked it's just it's so obvious their breakouts are so bad i just you know i don't know it, it's just a, there's a lot for me right now well e- effort isn't a system like i you, yeah. i mean effort is like a like an ingredient in in the system and yeah. the rangers just they don't have anything like like i don't know like i'm so like in, like frustrated right now and just like beaten down and just like i knew this was coming like, I knew losing to Pittsburgh was coming. Two in a row against Pittsburgh, they were must-wins, and they just, I feel like they don't even show up. And, the, and you know, getting blown out the first game, that was a gut punch. But this one, they get out to an early lead, then they give up a goal in, like, the last minute of the period. And then, again, in the second period, they give up a goal. In the, like, they can just never make it easy for themselves. They're never the ones that score at the end of the period. And, you know, when, the, when they are, it's a meaningless game against an opponent that you should have no problem beating. And, you know, you know, looking at this season right now and looking at the expectations that we had going in, it's like, it's like, shame on me. Like, I really, like, now I'm, like, down and out. Like, I am, this was, like, these were the two toughest losses, like, dealing with mentally. I don't know whether it's I'm, I'm working 75 hours a week and, and this is the effort that they show after the effort that I put in all week, it's like, like now I feel like I'm part like salt of the earth. Like I, I'm the guy that shows up with a lunchbox and pale and just wants his sports team to, to almost put forth that same effort. And you know, it, it just was extra frustrating. What's up everybody. It's Jaren from the hockey podcast networks, newest show, the windy city Benners podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. For He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with... Uh, basically a beer league hockey team and anybody who loves the game find us on all your favorite podcast apps the hockey podcast network website and on social media at wcb podcasts i i do have a couple questions for you because you know i do think the future of this hockey team is going to look much different and we've said that the last couple podcasts and you know I have the my biggest concern going into the future is our identity, which players are going to be our leaders, how are we going to build, you know, our hockey team because it's not really right now. I feel like it's not conducive to to be built. 
and you know we're very heavy wingers and I feel like the Kreider contract and the Trupa contract is really going to prohibit prohibit this team into becoming you know the potential Stanley Cup contender that everyone thinks they will be in in a few years yeah I mean I I do have a, f- a gut feeling that they will find a way to part with one of those contracts. Uh, it might cost them, unfortunately, you know, an asset. Well, and well, look, look, so in two years, and, and I want to kind of play this game, all right? Sure. And I want you to, you know, answer some of my questions because, sure. you know, I, I had this discussion with a friend, uh, you know, and, you know, and he said, you know, you make very good points. He's very pro-cried, okay? So I said, who, in two years, Who's your who's your first line left winger? Alexi Lafreniere. You hope okay. Uh, well, you know, I mean, well, I guess that. Oh, well, unless listen, unless Panarin, they're they're not doing the whole Panarin runs one line and you know, right. Whoever their first light center is at that time. So uh, I can ask you this: this is sure. this is even great. Who's your first and second left wingers? So no Panarin, Panarin Lafreniere. Who is your first and second right wingers? Capo uh, Caco, uh, Buchnevich, if he's still on the team. Um, in two Possibly years, Kraftsoff. potentially, potentially off. Yeah, depending on how he looks. So, and right away, yeah, Chris Kreider not mentioned in, in either of those. Uh, you know, right, and you know, and you look at that, and and that's great, right? And, you know, none of those players right now currently make, they make zero dollars, right? It it costs you, well, except for Panarin, you know, the rest of that costs you absolutely nothing. You don't, who's our first C and second C? Well, again, uh, it's right now, it's you, I guess you're hoping no matter what, Philip Heedle is your second line center, unless they somehow pull off a uh, trade that doesn't involve losing Zabanajad. My but, point uh, is, we don't we don't know. Like yeah, we we can't really say for sure. We don't know. Like, and it, it's foolish for us to sit here and say, you know, we're we're steps away when the only the only and, and let's have God forbid we even talk about the bottom six because you know how quickly that moves in the NHL. You know, players are in and out constantly. So right now we have two left wingers and a, a third left winger, obviously with the Kreider. And then you have your two right wingers. And even that, one of them is really a question mark. And we don't even really know who's going to be here center-wise because I, I feel like we don't even know if we really want Mika long-term. And Hedl might be part of a package that that brings Eichel in. So we don't really know. And that right there, I think, is the problem. Is because we're not, we're not built to build right now. We, we, don't, we have so many question marks and so many positions we don't know what we have in Kraftsoff. You know, we still don't really truly know what we have in Kako. We don't know what we have in Lafreniere. We know what we have in Panarin. We don't know Mika. We don't know uh, Strom. We don't know um, Heedle. Like, we don't know. We, we truly don't know about any position except for maybe Panarin. Yeah, and I guess the most frustrating thing is that's another reason why, you know, is it, it, is it easier to try to figure out what they, you know, all those players have? you know, with more time, or is it easier just to say what happens with a different coach all of a sudden? Do, do they give an element that they, you, we previously thought they were lacking, you know? So, and that's, I think where I'm at. I, again, I, I don't, I think Quinn makes it the season no matter what, you know, how, no matter how bad it gets, unfortunately. But that, that being said, I, I really, and again, it's just, it's just one of those things that, like you said, I just don't, there has to be some development on his end too. And I just haven't seen it because I maybe under, you know, may, it's like under maybe let's say they, they did hot, they let him go a, a few weeks ago when things were real bad and they did hire uh Gallant or hell, even a Claude Julian or something like, um, yeah, I, I guess the question is, is he still giving ample time to the young guys or is he restructured it so the young guys are playing in the bottom six and then it's a little bit more vet heavy on top i don't know but and are they winning games and but at the same time is like is it helping the are they learning structure better and they're just things that will serve them more going forward and yeah i i really don't know which is why i do think i specifically would like to see uh you know a change in the bench boss 
over the summer because yeah, I do feel like there is that that's the I as much as it's great that they're learning effort and they're kind of learning how to apply themselves more and win their board battles and all this other stuff. At the same time, I think it's like you saw that, you know, even Pittsburgh, who on paper isn't the strongest team, but you know, there was that they had the Rangers hemmed in for that one that, you know, the Kapanen goal and they look like the Globetrotters, but that's just years of playing with each other and just knowing where guys are. And I like the fact that whenever they're in trouble, they can feather on their backhand, like across the zone without even looking at it and know that one of their teammates will pick it up. Whereas if the Rangers tried that there, it's going right to a, a Pittsburgh stick. You know what I mean? So absolutely. And, and listen, I'm not going to, you know, it's not the Rangers fault. They don't have a time machine. It's just, you know, they, they have, they're, they've been a, a rotating, you know, carousel of players in and out over the past few seasons. So there's not that much, as much familiar as there, there isn't the same familiarity that Pittsburgh has where it's, you have the core, same core guys. And then you put in one or two guys who've been around the, you know, who've had a cup of coffee in the league. So they're like, okay, I can figure out what these guys are doing. And that's where it's clearly defined by Sullivan that you corral. And this is where your, your options are in the breakout. You either here or here. If you don't like it, you can go back. I just don't see that with the Rangers. Sometimes I just see them kind of look and they see the puck goes to D to D and then they just run really fast. And before you know it, they're all, re they fly the zone really high. And then there's no, <laughs> you know, if it, what if happens if uh, Pittsburgh then, you know, puts a heavy four check or two puts two men on, or, you know, they, they kind of try to pinch up a little bit, then yeah, then you're on your heels and you're coming back. And it's the same thing in the zone. If they miss a chance or they bobble a puck, why is it three players behind the goal line? And then it's a instant three on two the other way. It's just, or even a hell a three, you know, two on one or three on one. If you know, when the demon just makes an ill-advised pinch, it's just, these are the type of things that should be able to remedy. And I think that's the biggest thing is that I didn't, it's not that I didn't see the Rangers trying these last two games. Cause there've been plenty of games this year where they just came out flat and they weren't trying, you know, they came out absolutely flying in that first, you know, the first period of the first game and Mika scores the goal. But it just kind of, they kind of just got overwhelmed. And then this game, it was kind of the opposite, where at first Pittsburgh took it to them, but they, they were trying. It just wasn't working out for them. They were moving their feet, but they weren't, it was still, they didn't have any time or space and they just didn't know how to make it easy for one or support one another. And that's, I, that's coaching ultimately, I think. So, yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is that as many question marks as this team has, I just think that I still believe the bench is the biggest one for me because. No not doubt. that I'm saying not that I'm saying a different coach could maybe get them into the playoffs because maybe I think I'm like I said I'm realizing that as like you said uh, that the construction of this team and the, just the, the the fact that we really don't know what their quantity is is a reason enough they won't make it but yeah it's just you should see enough to at least these the, the, there's too many questions that shouldn't be questions you know right and. You know, it gets back to my point. And we, we, right now, the New York Rangers are built to build around Panarin, Kreider, and Truba. And that's it. Like, you could say, like, well, we got these young kids that are coming up. Yeah, that's great. But there's still question marks on them. And right now, like, there's so many questions to address. It's like, you know, shame on us for, like, even thinking that we were, you know, uh, potentially playoff bound this year. Like, honestly, shame, shame on me for even thinking like someone who, you know, loves the Rangers, you know, tries to watch every single game, um, you know, follows the news, follows these players and, you know, you know, it feels almost like a part of the team. I, I'm like looking at myself in the mirror and being like, like, how could you? Like, how could you ever think that this team could ever sniff the playoffs? That, and, you know, that and, and Panera and Amik were a hell of a drug last season in your defense. A hell of a drug. Oh, yeah. That was insane. Like, who were they last year? Like, if you look at the roster of last year, right, and compare it to this year, you'd probably say this year is better, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, I think that's why everyone is so. But like you said, you realize Shocking. that. And listen, it's this team. Because when maybe Panarin does come back and they are all of a sudden flying because it just eases a lot of their problems all of a sudden, you have to move a guy down to the, the, you know, the third line who could maybe feasibly be, has been playing well in, in uh, second line or top six minutes, you know what I mean? Or even if that's Lafreniere at a point. But um, yeah, I just think it's, 
like I said, even so, it just kind of goes to show how much so much could have went wrong last season and it went right. And but at the same time, it, it really smoothed over. All, yeah, it smoothed over a lot of shit. And I don't as tough as it's been, I don't necessarily think this season is in vain. I do think that this young team is getting the reps out of it they need and that type of stuff. And, you know, we've seen Fox really cement himself as one of the best defensemen in the league, you know, and and that's I think the only question last year is that could he play heavy minutes? And well, he is playing heavy minutes and he's kill. He's cr- absolutely crushing it, you know, at this. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's a lot of work for him. And, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> the Rangers D is still not where it needs to be. Luckily, they have so many young defenders. Uh, Nils Lundqvist continues to score in the Swedish Elite League, although, again, he's another guy. Will he be there if they make a package run for Eichel? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it's just, again, there's just so many. You you wonder who's just a placeholder for someone else eventually. Right. Um, and, and, yeah. and, you know, I, I also want to ask you, you know, I think right now the next step for New York Ranger fans is, you know, let's see what we got. Let's continue the development of our younger players. Um, you know, give as much ice time to Kako and Lafreniere and let them get reps and, and you know, let K. Andre Miller make his mistakes and, and kind of learn by, uh, you know, getting owned a couple times a game. You know, there's no shame in it right now. Um, it's not like, you know, everyone else is pulling their weight and, and K. Andre's, you know, kind of blowing it for us. And, you know, if, Geez, I mean, if if Keandre learned anything from being on his team is that Quinn holds different people accountable, and and you know, looking at our defensive depth right now, there's a zero percent chance Quinn sits Keandre. I mean, he's no, he out won't. of his mind. You know he, what I mean? Yeah, like, he'd have to be pretty he, as much of the mistakes that he's made. He's still, you know, a top three defender for us. You know, you have Fox Lindgren, and then you know, Truba has been, you know, all right, but at the end of the day, I still think Miller sadly has been, you know, and I guess not sadly. I mean, I'm very happy that he has, but it's sad that, you know, Truba still can't beat out a rookie defenseman as, you know, it's still, they're neck and neck, you know, where he should have been, you know, miles ahead. Um, yeah. And it's funny cause not to cut you off, but just no, no, where, no. where I feel Truba's played his best is when he kind of finally realizes like, all right, like this is my, you know, I'm going to kind of, hold back and then a few times where he kind of Truba tries to bring it deeper in the zone I actually think Truba operates not so bad in the offensive zone for like not the most offensive minded defenseman it's just when he gets in trouble is that when they're in a cycle in their own zone and he goes immediately to the front of the net and he's always looking around and he always misses the guy like who's the eventual tap it he's just always looking this way and then someone blows by him and taps it in on the, the near side it's just it's infuriating so but yeah, like you said, uh, Quinn would have to be crazy to scratch Keandre, and uh, he he won't, which is you know thank God. I think he's he's smart enough to know he shouldn't do that. And I think he's got a little yeah, bit of even, Howden status in him. Ke'Andre. Yeah, which is good. And you know, like I said, uh, yes, he's had a rough stretch, but at the same time, it's like I saw him Keandre do a lot in the offensive zone with the puck. You know, he's kind of letting him figure out how to get comfortable on power play too. I don't think K. Andre will ever be a power play quarterback or, or even a power play guy. You know, yeah, even if they're no, hoping once, with that. Once but that's fine. Him. Yeah. No, that's fine. I mean, and listen, it's not like their power play is killing it. Again, you know, power play has been an issue all season. It doesn't. I feel like it doesn't really matter who we throw out there. It just seems to seems to struggle. There's zero movement. Again, coaching problem. Big question mark. Um, I you know I do want to get into this because i feel like you know you follow international hockey a little bit more you know looking at you know some of our prospects like crafts off crafts off and Niels, um you know when these guys do come over and crafts off you know i guess there's is, did he get knocked out yet i know they're down three one um there i think tractors down three games to one so i think they're there's a chance if he loses on they play again on thursday so if you're listening to this they play the morning it just drops probably uh you know if they if tractor loses that game they're done and so the which would mean the earliest and this is courtesy of uh stat boy steven on twitter the earliest that crafts off would probably come over would be friday and once he gets here he has to quarantine for i believe 10 days right is that uh, it yes so 10 day quarantine so uh yeah basically if he gets eliminated on Thursday, you're still not seeing Kraftsov until 
And that's, you know, that's 10, 10 days till he can even practice with the team. So I don't know what that, you know, what that means or if Quinn's going to make him get practice in, but um, you could feasibly see him at the end of the month, basically. Yeah. And or, or at least towards the tail end, like the 20 something. Yeah. And, what... and, and, and you never know. I mean, he could win and changes everything uh, uh, once again. Um, yeah. You know, God, it, it's just like, in your honest opinion, do you think Quinn plays this kid? Like if he, I worry, it worries me because I mean I've seen the the strides he's made in terms of playing a scoring goals close to the net, b going to the net, you know, being harder on the forecheck and hounding pucks, and I definitely think the Rangers need more players like that who can. I just yeah, it's just one of those things that he's gonna need. You would want him to have the same patience with Vitali that he has with Keandre, but will he? I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's one of those things where, um, but again, we didn't see, we never got to see him with, uh, outside of the preseason. We never really got to see him with the big club. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, I maybe, I know Drury's high on him. I know, uh, that, uh, you know, JD's always been high on Kravtsov. So, and they were happy with how he kind of rebounded after a tough stretch last year. So yeah, I just think. I think it's if it if the Rangers, especially the more and more they're out of it, I think the more it, it behooves them to then be able to like you know we spoke a few podcasts ago about them being able to see what they have and try the kids out and as much as it stinks, I think if they're clearly not going to make it, that's a pretty conducive atmosphere for that, you know. Yeah, and you know, looking at our schedule too, like we're so. We're so screwed. Like yeah, we have fucked. Boston. We have yeah. We have. I, I didn't want to say the the f word. Oh, I'll say. It. I They're changed fucked. it to screw. It. We're fucked. Yeah. That, no. That's literally. I if wish we could <laughs> name the podcast episode. We're fucked because we uh, are. We, we play. We I'll do the. I'll do the. I'll just. I'll do. I'll. I'll make it uh, safe for. Yeah, we're fudged. We're fudged. Um, uh, we have Boston, Boston, Philly, Philly, Capitals, Capitals. Then we have uh the Buffalo Sabers. Then we go Philly, Philly, Capitals, Capitals to end the month. It it's it's so amazing how quickly I can change my tune with this team. And it really is just a roller coaster. And the delusion that I gave myself with three straight wins against Sabres, Devils, Devils is unbelievable. And I just feel you know how you know what I feel like? I feel like when the Powerball hits like a billion dollars. Yeah. And I and I buy a ticket and in my head, I'm like planning. All right, well, I'll quit my job. I'll buy some real estate, like buy the water, like I'll take care of my family and friends. Like I'll, I want to buy a nice car. And then like we I lose. Obviously, I lose. And I have like a guilty like pit in my stomach. Like ah, you didn't win back to real life. And it's like, why'd you even get your hopes up to begin with? Like. You had basically no shot to win and you made all these plans and you, and you put yourself in a different mental state thinking you're going to win this money and you didn't win. And it's like, I did this with the Rangers and you know, obviously the Rangers making the playoffs is probably a slimmer chance of, you know, than me winning the, the Powerball. But you know, it's, you know, I, I can't believe I did this to myself, Andy. And I, I just, I feel so much shame. I really do. I have a pit in my stomach. I hear you. Um, it's tough right now, and like you said, the you know the this team inconsistency is their identity. In that they'll show up and play the good teams hard, and then blow the teams you know against teams they should beat. But then at the same time, it's like then they'll be like, all right, we need to get back on our winning ways, and they beat the teams they should. That's great. And then it's like, all right, well here comes the you know the real test, and then they they totally falter. It's just. Yeah, I guess it's part of it. But um, I guess to close this podcast, let's talk about something a little bit more positive. It's, okay. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's confirmed yet, but the sources are saying that the NHL will sign a new TV deal with ESPN. Uh, it's been all over Twitter. Everyone's really excited uh, at the thought of, you know, possibly getting Gary Thorne and uh, Clement back to call games and just the, you know, the ESPN Hockey Tonight music. and uh. You know, I want to know what your thoughts are. Are you happy about this? Are you indifferent? Uh, do you think this is a good thing? What were your feelings with NBC? 
I, yeah, I just want to hear it all. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I think you know my thoughts overall with the NHL that, you know, there, I feel like there's so many opportunities that the NHL has and they never take advantage of. And now that they're back with ESPN and, you know, there is the possibility that they, you know, there's Thorne and Clement and you can bring back the commercials. And, and, and I know Gibby brought up the music and how, you know, iconic that was, especially, you know, a, a kid our age growing up watching the game. You know, am I excited? Yes. Is there a part of me that thinks that it'll end up being worse than what we were used to or what we expect? Absolutely. So, you know, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to make this mistake where, you know, I think the, the NHL is going to do, you know, some sort of, you know, remarketing with through ESPN to kind of make it a little bit more attractive. You know, I, I feel like they'll find their way to screw this up, but it's exciting nonetheless, you know, it's different. It's ESPN. So, um, I don't know what, like, how do you think ESPN feels about this? Like, obviously they signed the deal. They inked the deal with the NHL, but do you think ESPN is like, and Disney is like excited for this? You know, it's weird. It's as nostalgic as it is. A lot of people have rightly pointed out that ESPN didn't exactly, you know, they've never really exactly prioritized hockey and their handling of it wasn't so great. I, you know, I, it's tough because there's recency bias with NBC and, you know, they make sure they get their time. It helps that you have NBC, you have NBC sports. Um, uh, you know, if it's on ESPN, is it going to get bumped for the world series of poker or, you know, this or right. that? I'm not really sure. And, or, or at the same time, but you know, I mean, you know, and again, ESPN is still just very seem. I don't want to say they're anti hockey, but they just really seem to avoid talking about it. Um, but you know, it be if you get the full court full court press from them, it'd be good. It'd be good for growing. You know, with the casual, you know, the casual market. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you'll ever have Stephen A. Smith talking about and Max Kellerman talking about, um, you know, uh, about NHL hockey. But uh, no, I, I mean, yeah. Max Kellerman already said that. Literally, like, no. Like he hates hockey. Um, he said he has that quote that literally nobody cares about hockey, so we're not even going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I I look at this. Try. I'm sorry. I'm plugging my computer in. There we go. Hello. Hey. Hey. All right. Sorry. I don't know why my screen went black and showed me what the percentage of the. I know what the percentage is. Is why I I plugged the power cord in. Um, you know, I look at ESPN and I say, you know, I I feel like. They're doing this because NHL really doesn't have a choice. And, you know, where else are they going to, you know, put, you know, national, you know, televised games? And, and I can't even really blame ESPN because it's not ESPN's job to promote the NHL. It's the NHL's job to promote the NHL. And if the ratings are the ratings, you know, it's NHL, it's hockey, you know, they're considered, you know, maybe the fifth sport behind MMA now. I feel like MMA probably draws such a bigger crowd and 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 watch than uh, the NHL does. So, you know, looking at you know the big picture here and coming from ESPN's point of view, um, I I don't see this being a success. I really don't. I don't see them really pushing NHL hockey. I think they're just doing it because the NHL is coming with their tail between their legs and saying like, Hey, remember us? Um, yeah, we're the ones that made you zero money. And I know you don't really like to talk about us, but, um, is it okay that we, you know, put our games on and, uh, you know, throw Gary Thorne and, and Clement out there. So people feel a little bit of nostalgia with everything. And, and hopefully we get through another few years and until we find, you know, the next best, best option, like maybe Twitch will, will pick us up. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and we can get into a whole podcast about oh. you know this whole <laughs> yeah i mean cuz i know I you think... have a lot to say well yeah i mean i'll, I'll keep brief i think the prevailing wisdom is that this is you know they're going to have mul- this is going to be there'll be multiple partnerships like they're still going to have a portion on nbc espn's going to be able to pick up some games for espn plus and and just obviously their their own channels but uh you know you do wonder if that means because is ESPN owned by Disney, right? So, or is that yeah. Fox Sports? I no, uh, it, it, 
Disney owns ESPN. Exactly. So that you wonder if it's like you can get, they can spread it out on platforms. So if this means you'll be seeing, because I could see Fox getting in on the action again too, or, you know, or even USA Network in a greater capacity than is just overflow. Um, But yeah, I, I definitely think part of this is the, the NHL seeing the value of spreading out there because they've, yeah, it's been a bit homogenized for them with NBC. And I think they've had enough of, you know, they've had enough time with them to see like what, you know, where their gains have been. And uh, I'm sure in some as- aspects it's been good, but I do think if they really, I th- as even though the coverage, like you said, of, you know, how ESPN treats them, I don't know how good it's going to be, but I can see just the more chances they have to, I guess, spread themselves out and expose themselves to a more casual audience. I do think this will be good for that. So uh, it won't hurt them. It won't, no, hurt, it won't hurt. It won't hurt them. Yeah. You just have to wonder. I think it really comes down. Will they devote? Will there be an, you know, will ES, uh, NHL tonight come back? Will Barry Melrose and, uh, you know, uh, Bucci Gross and, and, the, uh, Levy and all those guys, will they come back? You know, I don't know. So I, I, I definitely don't know how it's going to play out. And if that means it's going to, because, uh, you know, we were joking over uh, text about, you know, today this this game was at six and it was NBC was calling it what a hockey happy hour. Oh my God. It's like what better. Yeah. It, perfect. Because when I think happy hour, I think 6 p.m. on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? And it's I think just, of Jersey Mike's like, why? Yeah. Would sponsored Jersey by Jersey Mike's. Like, I have, they, not. have nothing. Taco Bell makes more sense for a happy hour because at least they serve alcohol in New York City. At least they do. You know, I mean, all I know is that if you told me that uh, the Flyers and the Penguins are playing each other on on a Wednesday and Gary Thorne is going to do the call for, you know, ESPN, then I'm kind of there. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, and that's just enough. So. But that again, that might just be nostalgia. I don't know if Gary's even going to be involved. You also don't know if it's like, you know, even if he is, is he going to have the same, you know, is he, I haven't, he's been doing what, Orioles games for the yeah. last while. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe there's just the nostalgia twinging very hard. And just the fact of that so much has been made of, you know, enough with NBC and Pierre and just, it's so, it's so just blah. You know what I mean? I think they're just hoping that, ESPN could put a different, uh, um, I guess, spin for lack of a better word, or, or just interesting to see anything else than what we've just been fed by NBC for the you know the last few years. Yeah, I mean, less Pierre, it just is knowing that I'll have less Pierre in my life. Hopefully, is always a positive. So that's the that's the, that's how I'm going to leave the podcast, Andy. Yeah. I'll let you wrap things up with like a final word, but my final word is less Pierre is more positive in my life. So, you know, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And listen, I, as somber as I am, I think it's kind of good that the realization has set in that, yeah, this team is not as close as they thought. Uh, This season has really thrown numerous curveballs at the New York Rangers. Um, But that being said, I mean, it's better to find this stuff out now you know, than it is to find out when they're finally ready to do some damage. I do think no matter what can, I think weird things will continue to happen this season and the Rangers will continue to have, you know, quick bursts of energy in life and then just more depressing losses and finding ways to snatch a defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, But yeah, I do think they will ultimately be better for it, or at least that's what I'm telling myself as, as someone who is trying to, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, find some sort of silver lining. Um, yeah, you just hope that Kako and Lafreniere and Miller and hell, even Fox, they just, they still, because you, you forget this is still their, you know, second and third years in the league and, you know, first in some of the cases. So it's just, yeah, you hope they just figure, um, you know, the kids just kind of figure out that I think the realization will come sooner than rather than later that, the, the you know, the vet they've been kind of looking to their you know their line mates to support and just to kind of learn from um yeah the, that guy might not be here come the summertime and pretty soon the things you were counting on him to do you're gonna have to do so 
yeah, I guess you hope that at some point we can see Kraft's off in this lineup and see how he changes the complexion and Panarin finally comes back and maybe it pushes some guys who've been trying to help, you know, pull the rope to tread water. Maybe it puts them in a more favorable and comfortable position and they can finally get something going here just for personal pride, if anything, or just to tell themselves we're not Buffalo. We're not, um, you know, the Ottawa Senators and these types of teams. Um, but yeah, listen, they, they got their work cut out for them. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm looking at the schedule and, uh, yeah, it looks like they're, they're fudged. Thank you for listening to the Broadway boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway boys pod, and please rate review and subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the hockey podcast network.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.